Praise the Lord. It's a great joy to be here in this beautiful sanctuary. Thank you, uh, Pastor Yin Ming, for this kind invitation. The Lord our God is a good God. Can somebody shout aloud, Amen? You know, why not you turn to somebody again and say, You look so beautiful today. Okay, I hope it's not because of the Yi Sang. I know some of you are still enjoying, you know, uh, eating and eating. That's Chinese, isn't it, right? And uh, eating is all that we enjoy. But I trust and pray that this morning, that as we are in the house of the Lord, that we will also enjoy the spiritual food. Can somebody say amen? You know, our God is so good to all of us, and I'd like to commend you in terms of coming into the house of the Lord. And we want to believe together as a team for this year is that to believe. You know, every service is different, isn't it? You know, and when we come into the house of the Lord, let us believe by faith that something good is going to happen. Come, can somebody say amen? You know, we are not just here as spectators. We are not just here to, to fulfill our obligation as a believer of the Lord Jesus. We are not here because we are a member of Subang Assembly, but we are here to honor God. We are here to worship God. We are here to believe that God has something new for each one of us. Can somebody say amen? So I want to encourage you today, wherever you are, let us dare to believe that God is going to do extraordinary things in our life, in your life, in your family, in the church. Why? Because we believe that the Lord our God, He has great things for all of us. So today, I want to pray that God will bless you through this message and I pray that the Lord our God, through the Holy Spirit, will continue to do extraordinary things, even through your life. Praise God. Well, this morning, I know time is, you know, catching up very fast nowadays, you know. And uh, this morning, I'd like to draw your attention to one of the miracles that the Lord Jesus has performed. And whenever we read the Bible, especially in the Gospel of John, uh, there are seven miracles that John actually has revealed to us. And those seven miracles is simply to fulfill the very purposes of God. And I trust and pray that if you have time, uh, dare to believe that this year uh, you can actually go to the Gospel of John and, and just look through the miracles of Jesus again. You know, there are times whenever we read the Bible, uh, because we are so familiar with all those stories and all those miracles that happen, sometimes probably in our mind, does that really happen? And because that was more than 2,000 years ago, and you and I are here today because there is a miracle happened in our own life, isn't it, right? Because of that uh, salvation that through the Holy Spirit has convicted us and believed that the Lord that we believe so much that He is indeed our Savior. He's indeed our Master. He's indeed our miracle worker. Probably some of you here, you are here today because the Lord has touched you. Some of you are here because the Lord has healed you miraculously. And we want to look into this portion of Scripture 
Very interesting because this is the miracle that is only recorded in the book of John. And I'd like to draw your attention today to John chapter 9. Now, John chapter 9 is a long passage talking about Jesus performing the miracle, healing these blind men. Uh, he was born blind. And I'm not going to read the scripture, uh, but we are going to look at this video. I think many of us have, we enjoy images, we enjoy watching all the movies, and uh, to help you to recollect this miracle of healing the blind man, uh, we are going to show this video to you, and at the same time, there are scriptures over there. Uh, you, I'd like you to just, just put yourself into that situation. Imagine that you are actually uh, back in those days again, together with seeing what the Lord Jesus is doing. We're going to have the video. I think the multimedia team is going to show right now. Let's look into it. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been born blind. Teacher, whose sin caused him to be born blind? Was it his own or his parents' sin? His blindness has nothing to do with his sins or his parents' sins. He is blind so that God's power might be seen at work in him. As long as it is they, we must keep on doing the work of him who sent me. Night is coming. But no one can work. <laughs> While I am in the world, I am the light for the world. After he said this, Jesus spat on the ground and made some mud with the spittle. He rubbed the mud on the man's eyes. Go and wash your face in the pool of Siloam. This name means scent.
So the man went, washed his face, and came back, seeing. His neighbors then, and the people who had seen him begging before this, asked, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? He's the one. No, he isn't. He just looks like him. I am the man. How is it that you can now see? The man called Jesus made some mud, rubbed it on my eyes, and told me to go to Siloam and wash my face. So I went, and as soon as I washed, I could see. Where is he? I don't know. Wow, this is one of the most remarkable miracle or events that we have actually read through the Bible, the miracle of healing the blind man. You know, friends, even as we look into this portion of Scripture in John chapter 9, uh, you will realize that one of the statements in the midst of this encounter that the Lord Jesus is making and heal the blind man, that we're able to hear the sayings of Jesus that it is still echoing in our lives today. And I pray it resonance in our spirit where Jesus said we must work the works of Him who sent me. As long as it is day, Night is coming when no one can work. Time flies, as all of us are aware, even in this new year. You know, gone are the days where, you know, when it comes to Monday, it's that, oh, it's still a long way to go. But you will realize that after today, Monday is here, and then, Wednesday is coming so fast. And when it reaches Wednesday, it's like, hey, Sunday is coming. And we realize that time is getting shorter and shorter. Do you realize that? You know, it's like 24 hours is no longer enough, especially for businessmen. 24 hours is no longer enough even for the church of Jesus Christ to do ministry and to complete the work of God in, within our community. But we realize that, hey, you and I today, the Lord Jesus is reminding us that night is coming when no one else can work. And I pray that today as we are in the house of the Lord, as we are enjoying this holiday season, and for Chinese, it's still a new year. But I pray that each one of us uh, will continue to be on fire for the Lord in terms of reaching out to the lost. As we know, through the United Nations report, uh, you know, in this world, the world's population right now it has reached a billion, has reached eight billion people. We have the slides there. You know, eight billion people. And you know, very interestingly, is that this year India will take over China as far as world population is concerned. Not only that. It says that more than half the growth we will see within these 30 years 
will happen in just eight countries. Congo, Egypt, Ethiopia, India, Nigeria, Pakistan, Philippines, and Tanzania. And we are able to see that as far as population growth is concerned, there are more people at the same time closer to home. We realize that in Malaysia itself, through the uh, Department of Statistics of Malaysia, uh, up to date since uh, July 2022, last year, our population is about 33 million. For some, it says 34 million. And in Selangor itself, we have about 7 million. Kuala Lumpur or Vilaya, uh, it has about 2 million. You can see that, well, not all are believers of the Lord Jesus. In fact, it's just a fraction, isn't it, right? We know very well that as we are living in Malaysia, not 10%, probably, yes, slightly more than 10% are believers. But there are so much for us to do. And I pray that this morning, through this, through this story itself, reminds us once again that the very purpose that John recorded this miracle is to reveal to us again that people need the Lord. People need the Lord. And I pray that today, once again, that you and I will have the fire burning in us not just enjoying church life, not just enjoying Christ's life, but there is an obligation. There is a responsibility. As far as night is coming, no one else is going to work. But as, as far as day is here, I pray that you and I will be energized by the power of the Holy Spirit to carry on the work that the Lord Jesus has given to us. Assemblies of God of Malaysia is well known as far as reaching out to the lost. It's one of the fastest growing in the world. And we know very well, I remember during the early days, revival is really happening in Malaysia. Many young people called by the Lord, and I'm one of them, called by the Lord Jesus. Uh, I, I just resigned or not resigned. I just give up my, my, my studies, you know, while I was doing accountancy in the final year. The Lord called me to ministry, uh, but I did not obey the Lord at that moment. I actually delayed for, for two years. You know, I, I actually challenged the Lord. You know, if you really call me, you can call me in 20 years' time. You know, let me do what I want to do. But yet the call was so strong. It's like somebody every day, the Holy Spirit is speaking to me to the point that I have to, to just let go and let God do what He wants me to do. And I'm glad that I obeyed that voice in terms of wanting and obeying the voice to fulfill the Great Commission. You know, there are three powerful lessons that we are able to learn through this miracle. And I pray that you and I, again, uh, that we will be able to see uh, that, that importance of reaching out to the lost. That lost can be your family members. That lost person can be your neighbors. That lost person can be the community around you. It can be your colleagues that you're working with. But all of us 
the Lord wants us to do His bidding in reaching out to those who do not know the Lord Jesus. Three powerful lessons. Number one is that the miracle of darkness calls for a serious attention. I repeat, the misery of darkness calls for a serious attention. Now here we witness the misery of this blind man. And this blind man, according to Scripture, is that he was born blind. Can you imagine that he has never seen colors? He do not know what colors is. The only favorite color is black. But all of us, we are so privileged that we can say, oh, this color is so good. This color is, is just so bright. But for him, it's the only color is black. Can you imagine some of them, you know, they, they purposely stand in front of him while we're just begging. And some of them say, wow, today the day is so bright. Look at the sky. It's, it's, it's so bluish. To him, what is blue? Wow, I like your dress. I like your attire. It's, it's so fashionable. It's so colorful. To him, it's, what's that? It is only black. And you can imagine the misery that is within him. He has never seen a sunset. He's never seen the actual face of a child. He has never seen the faces of his parents. Why? Because he was born blind. But yet, the Bible tells us that this man lived his entire life. Not only in the state of darkness and misery, but it's also in a state of poverty. That's why when he was an adult, very likely is the parents, they are not rich as well. That he has to fan himself, and every day he has to go and sit near the poor asylum and begging for alms, begging for food, hoping that he will just last for another day. You know, friends, that itself speaks volumes to all of us. That in this world, there are many people who are in darkness. In this world, there are many people who are in a miserable state. From the outward appearance, they look good. But deep inside, something is destroying their life. While many Chinese right now in this Chinese New Year season is enjoying all the good food, but for some, there's no food. But for some, is that, oh, I'm looking forward. After more than three years, finally, I can go back home to see my family. For some, there's no family. Festive season is the worst time in their life. Why? Because everyone is going home, but there's no home for them. They no longer have parents. They don't have siblings. Where else are they going to go? Misery of darkness 
can be in different forms. For some, it is loneliness. For some, it is depression. For some, it is a bondage. For some, it is under the captivity of the works of the devil. And I pray that this morning, that the Holy Spirit will once again open our eyes. Will once again remind us again that in this world, people need the Lord. In the spiritual anger, as, as much as we can see this blind man that is born without sight, but spiritually, all mankind, we are actually born spiritually blind. And thank God, I think all of us here, the Lord has opened our eyes. Thank God, the Lord has given us a brand new life. But out there, there are still many who are spiritually blind. And I pray that today, you will help us again to see that the miracle of darkness seriously really calls for a serious attention. We cannot keep playing games, coming to church Sunday after Sunday, enjoying the comfort of the auditorium, enjoying the comfort of the aircon. There's nothing wrong. Thank God. But God bless His church. But we have a primary call as a church of Jesus Christ. People need the Lord. What's the point of having good health, but spiritually something is decaying? That's why there's an inspirational quote. It says that without health, life is bleak. It's true, isn't it, right? Health is so important. I pray that every one of us, uh, we will take care of our health. You know, as I continue, I won't say I'm old, uh, but I, as I age, I realize that my, my, my energy level is getting lower and uh, my stamina is not as good as, as when I was much, much younger. Now, I'm a sportsman. Uh, you can see my physique, you know, I'm not fat. You know, I cannot see myself having a middle kingdom. And, uh, and I have to ensure that uh, as a pastor, as a minister, I need to stay healthy so that I have the strength, I have the capacity, I have the energy to do the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I, I take care of my health. You know, I realize that it's so important. During the pandemic, it reminded me the importance, we as a believer, that we need the Lord Jesus. We need God to help us but at the same time, we need to help ourselves uh, to be healthy. Can somebody say amen? You know, there are many people who are having, having uh, sickness in their life. I remember in one of the uh, general council uh, retreat that we have, and, you know, and I, was, I, I went out for dinner with uh, a group of the, the rest of the ministers. Uh, of course, Pastor Yiming and Pastor Francis was not there. I know they are very healthy. And... Uh, and I was with, with this group of ministers, and I realized that when I was there sitting together with the rest, 
all of a sudden it dawned upon me that, hey, I'm actually the youngest amongst them. And uh, they are all of them in their so-called late 60s, probably, or, or early 60s. And then after that, you know, uh, reaching towards, you know, that, that category, you know what I meant. And uh, if you look up, wow, it's a sea of grey, you know. And, uh, and uh, the conversation, most of the time, I realise that uh, they talk about medicine. You know, and uh, you know, what pill are you taking? You know, oh, oh, and then they recommend each other, and I realize that there are a lot of pharmacies over there. You know, and uh, I'm the only one who said, mm, I see. And I said, Lord, I pray that uh, when I reach that stage, I, I won't be talking about pills and pills and pills. I pray the Lord, you will grant me the grace uh, that I will uh, be healthy. You know, if I need to take supplements, of course, you know, Lord help me, but I will not have serious illness by the grace of God until today I'm healthy. And my wife and I, you know, we make sure that uh, we stay healthy as well. Uh, we do hiking. You know, hiking is one of the best, best, uh, I would say, ways of uh, strengthening our leg muscles. Uh, we do that and uh, every week, you know, at least twice a week, uh, we, we hike at least 5 to 10 km. Can you imagine that? You know, go up the slope and elevation. Uh, that helps us and I realise that, hey, uh, that keeps me, uh, my energy levels uh, uh, intact, strong, uh, healthy, uh, to do the work of God. And I pray that by the grace of God, you and I today, uh, that we will continue to, to stay healthy. Why? Because without health, life is bleak. And worse, without God, life is meaningless, isn't it, right? There are some people who say, oh, no, I don't need God. I'm a very successful person, you know. Well, it's fine. Let them carry on, you know. And I pray, you know, for them that God is going to open up their eyes to see that, you know, without God, life is meaningless. And we know without eternal security, life is hopeless. You know, another lesson, powerful lesson we can learn from this story is the miracle of light calls for a sovereign act. Not only the misery of darkness calls for a serious attention, but the miracle of light calls for a sovereign act. You know, true spiritual light uh, will be found nowhere else but in this person by the name of Jesus Christ. You and I, I pray that we'll dare, we dare to believe uh, that we will be strongly convicted, full, you know, 100%, 110%, that Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. Do you believe that? You know, we believe that. Jesus is the only, is the only way, the only truth, and the life. Without Him, there's no life. But there are many people today who claim that they can give you life. But Jesus is the only one who says that I am the way. I am. I am. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the light. There are many people who say, yeah, this is the way. This is the truth. You know? and, but Jesus Himself, He claimed that I am the way, the truth. And I pray that today we begin to see the importance. When Jesus passed by this man, just one touch, just one touch, it changed that man's entire life and destiny. This man doesn't know. He was born blind. He doesn't know that the miracle will come into his life. He doesn't know that transformation and a brand new life will come into him, but he has heard the Lord. He has heard the Lord. 
you heard a lot about this Jesus Christ. There are many people who are saying, oh, you know this Jesus, he's a healer. You know, he has healed many people, probably in another town. And get, that get him excited. As far as his faith is, all of a sudden he realized that, hey, you know, this, this Jesus, and if he comes over, oh, probably in his mind is that, I'm going to ask Jesus, I'm going to shout to Jesus and ask Jesus to touch me as well. Without realizing that actually Jesus was there. And he heard the Lord and probably saying all kinds of things about and and he knows that wow, how I wish, how I wish that Jesus is going to touch me as well. You know, probably his wish it came to pass. And I'm sure that the parents, you know, parents always love the children. Can you imagine the misery of parents when the child was born? Uh, it was blind. How many parents, you know, when, when a child, a newborn baby, born, brand new, is healthy, but realize that the baby cannot see? It's very devastating, isn't it, right? And I'm sure that the parents of this blind man when he was a baby, I'm sure the parents will be crying. The parents will be asking a lot of questions, say, God, of all the people, why? Why our child? And probably in the mind is, you know, God, have mercy. God, have mercy. Please, heal our child. Heal our child. Do you know, friends? And I'm sure that God has heard the parents cry. The first day when the parents cry out to God. After six months, nothing happened. One year, nothing happened. Five years, ten years, nothing happened. That does not mean that God has not heard the cry of the parents. Some of you probably, you are here today, you are thinking that, has God really heard my prayer when I prayed the first time? And that was so long ago, probably five years ago, probably ten years ago. And God has not answered your prayer yet. But He has heard your prayer the first time when you pray. And I pray that you will dare to believe by faith that God knows. Just keep on trusting in God. Somebody say, Amen. And this is a situation here that this blind man is in. And when this, the Lord Jesus came, you realize that the Lord Jesus performed the miracle. And don't try it out. Don't try this, what Jesus is doing. Why? Because I don't think it works for all of us. Can you imagine Jesus spat on the floor, you know, on the mud, you know, and after that using the mud and then just put it into the eyes and then after that, you know, ask the blind man to go to the pool and just wash it and then, whoa, miracle happened. Thank God. I don't think Pastor Yin Ming or Pastor Francis will do it for you. You know, and uh, you will say, no way, you know. Pastor, no, please don't do that. You know, it's COVID. Not only that, it's your saliva. But yet that is a miracle, isn't it? The methods that Jesus has given, uh, it is not that, hey, this is what I need to do. If somebody who is blind, I'm going to do the same. It doesn't work. That is what 
the Lord Jesus. There are reasons behind and there are many lessons we do not have time, but I pray that you meditate upon it. But very importantly is that you realize that Jesus is the one. You know, whenever things are happening in our, each one of our lives, we need to call upon the Lord Jesus, you know, and God is going to do the sovereign act. There are things that, that we cannot control, but the Lord Jesus is always in control of everything. He knows our lives. Just in His time, He's going to make all things beautiful. Somebody say amen. And uh, this is what happened to this, this, this man who was born blind and um, miraculously he was healed. And when he was healed, there are many people, who, as you watch the video just now, there are many people who are saying, hey, hey this man was blind, isn't it? Uh, is, is that man? Is that man? You know, and of course he said, yes, I, I'm the one, you know. And uh, if you go back and read John chapter 9, very interesting, there are many encounters. Of course, the Pharisees now heard it heard it and they want to investigate you know those are the pharisees and you know that miracle happened during the sabbath day all the more the pharisees are very angry how can this happen no way you know because as far as god is concerned it's a sabbath no way that man jesus is a sinner but yet a miracle happened during sabbath and we know that as far as the Pharisees are concerned, there's no way. Why? Because this man who was born blind is blind because he has sinned. You know, in a Jewish understanding and belief is that if you are sick, if you are born blind, you know, he has to do, you know, with sin. You know, sin relates to suffering. And that is a correlation as far as the Jewish beliefs is concerned. That's why when we read the book of Job, same thing. All his friends say that, Job, you have sinned. Why? Because Job suffers so much. Sin is related to suffering. Suffering is related to sin. Are you here with me? And this is what happened to this man born blind and the Pharisees are getting very agitated. The Pharisees are getting very angry, but you know very well as far as that is concerned, the Pharisees even asked, not only interviewed this, this man uh, who was miraculously healed, he said it's Jesus, but yet, you know, they even interviewed the parents, but the parents know very well, you know, they do not want to be in, 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 uh, put in the trap. And then you ask, you ask my son, you know, he's already... Uh, in a stage of adulthood, he knows, he knows, you can just ask him, you know, very interesting. Uh, but what happened is that as we continue on, friends, we are able to see that the Lord Jesus has compassion, the Lord Jesus has mercy, the Lord Jesus knows that this is the time, this is the time for this man born blind to be healed so that the works of God can be displayed so that God will be glorified. During the early passage, in the beginning, you realize that you know, the disciples even asked the Lord Jesus, isn't it, right? They asked, I know Jesus, a master, who sinned? Parents or this guy? And all of them, can you imagine the man that was the born blind sitting there? You know, it's like, hey, what are you trying to say? You know, people who are blind, they can hear very well, isn't it, right? And uh, these guys are saying, you know, disciples of Jesus as well, you know, Master, who sinned? Come on, you know, you're trying to put salt into my wound, you know, I did not sin at all. Why blame me? You know, I was born blind. But yet those theological questions came about and we know very well the Lord Jesus answered it very well, neither him nor the parents, isn't it, right? 
Why? Because uh, this happened so that the works of God can be displayed and uh, the glory of God. Uh, and we are able to see miracle happen to this man born blind. But there are many lessons that we can learn over here. Is that, that this, this, this man, when he was healed, there are many people who ask him, who healed you? You know, he said, it's, it's Jesus. But later he said, oh, I do not know much about him. And then later, you know, through all the interviews by the Pharisees, he also say that, oh, you know, this man, uh, he's a prophet. He's a prophet. He's a prophet. And uh, we can learn many lessons here, friends. You know, there are many things that, by the grace of God, the Lord has touched us. There are many of us here, probably God has healed us. You know, there are many testimonies uh, we can share about the goodness of God. But do we really know who the Lord Jesus is? No, this man said, oh, in his mind is that he's a good teacher. He's a faith healer. He's a miracle worker. He is he's a prophet, a prophet who really are very close to God and can speak to us. But as you continue on and read the passage, it's amazing, you know, towards the end that Jesus asks him, he says that, Jesus says that I'm the son of God, in a sense, that he believed. He believed. Do you believe? He said, yes, I believe. You know, there is a sense, there's a sense of, of wanting to know more about God. And I pray that each one of us, that we will not just be at a position in our Christian life that we are satisfied that God has healed me, that, that I am now safe. You know, I do not know, need to worry about salvation. I do not need to worry about my eternal life. But I pray that each one of us will always have the hunger to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. That's why Christian education is so important. Reading the Bible is so important, isn't it, right? Uh, nothing, we cannot compromise. Some of these things are non-negotiable as a believer of Jesus Christ. Even for me as a pastor, that does not mean that, oh, I do not need to pray. I do not need to read the Bible. No, I need to do that, you know. Thank God for BCM. Thank God for Bible schools because it really drilled upon us uh, to wake up early in the morning and pray. I remember 6 a.m., you know, the bell will ring and uh, it will help us uh, make sure that, say, 6 o'clock is time, it's time to pray. And uh, so we are, we are trained uh, to do that, the importance of, of spending time with God in His presence, uh, reading the Bible as well. So that has already put into our spirit that it is non-negotiable. And every day we do it. We do it. Why? Because uh, we need the, the living water. We need the freshness of God in our life uh, to keep us going. If not, uh, they will just, we can slip away. And all of us, I pray that this morning that we will keep on recognizing and depending on God that whatever it is, you know, the miracle of life that we desire so much in each one of our lives, in our own conditions, in our spiritual life, that hey, it calls for a sovereign act. We need God daily in our life. And I pray that we will constantly depend on the Lord Jesus. You know, the final lesson that we can learn here is that the message of salvation calls for a swift action. The message of salvation calls for a swift action. You know, this blind man never expected, as I say, that he would be healed, he would be saved when he got up that morning. 
And I'm sure that for him is that, hey, it's another day that he's going to live that day like every day before in the blackness of darkness. He did not realize that there was a man, Jesus, who was going to drive the darkness away from his life forever from his life. And that moment, that day came to pass. You know, friends, you and I today must take God's work seriously. We must not say that, well, it's okay. Uh, let's, let's just put it until tomorrow. But tomorrow, we might not be able to see that person anymore. But we need to understand the urgency. You know, the purpose of this miracle, as I said, in the beginning that Jesus said that we must do the works of God while it is still day. Simply telling us, and Jesus is reminding us as well, the urgency of the matter. The urgency of the matter. And I pray that we will be very swift in our actions. When there are opportunity to present the gospel, that we will do all we can to share the good news to people who do not know the Lord. Our God is now wanting us to always be on the state of alertness, to always be in that army that He has already raised up, that you and I, we can be the little light of the world to bring light to people who are in darkness. And I pray that you and I today will not just sit back and just continue on and enjoy the comfort of Christian life. Uh, that we as a church, we need to rise up. Somebody say amen. I think the three years of pandemic has taught us a lot of lessons. If there are no spiritual lessons that we have learned, I think we better just meditate upon it again. It is so sad during that three years, especially the first year. And probably some of you can share some of, some of the hurts, you know, some of the, the misery, some of the disappointments that has come upon families. We have pastors, uh, friends, where their siblings, that they are not able to see because of COVID. They cannot come back from overseas and attend the funeral. And for some families, we have heard as well, they are not able to see them even for the funeral rites. Everything is cremated within that day. And you can hear, when you hear the story, tears flowing through them. Some of us say, thank God, they are a believer of the Lord Jesus. But can, can you imagine there are others who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ? You know, friends, we are so grateful that we went through that pandemic and we are here today and we are alive. Somebody say amen. It's not just alive. And I believe with all my heart that God has a purpose for each one of us. And this is one of them. The harvest is plenteous, but the workers are few. I believe with all my heart that through the Holy Spirit, revival is coming. Revival is coming. 
And as much as we see things that are happening in this world, that many young people, the generation of this day, they are lured by the great temptations, even believers of the Lord Jesus. And I believe with all my heart that at the same time, the Holy Spirit is already preparing. It's already doing the work in terms of reaching out, touching lives and miracle. And we as disciples of Jesus Christ, I pray that we will get ready, that we will always be ever ready, knowing that revival is coming and the Holy Spirit is going to do that work. When it comes, are you ready? When it comes, are you ever ready and say, yes, I am part of it, you know, part of it. And I pray that this message of salvation will really cause for a swift action in each one of our lives. That's why John chapter 9, verse 4, a reminder again, as long as it is day, we must do the works of Him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. Charles Spurgeon says, time is short, but eternity is long. It is only reasonable that this short life believe in the light of eternity. You know, in conclusion, everybody is so happy when you hear the word conclusion. Why? Some of you having yisang, huh? lunch. You know, it was told that in the United States, somebody goes blind every 20 minutes. Whoa. Every 20 minutes. And the man that we met in this chapter was born blind. He had never seen the beauty of God's creation, as I said, or even seen the faces of his loved ones. But when Jesus arrived in the scene, everything changed. And the man was made whole. As much as the greatest miracle that we see, and this miracle, it was not just the opening of his eyes. I think the greatest miracle is the opening of his heart to the Savior, Jesus Christ. It caused him everything to confess that Jesus as the Son of God and he was willing to do it. That's why in John chapter 9, verses 35 to 38, I just read, you know, Jesus heard that they had thrown him out and when he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked as a blind man. Tell me so that I may believe in him. And Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. And then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. You know, friends, many of us here today, I think we have said, yes, I believe. Yes, I believe. But how much do we really believe God? To the point where in our daily life, in our lifestyle, it is really a lifestyle of worshipping the Lord. That it will always please the Lord. Not just worship on Sunday in the morning, you know. Uh, but hey, worship is a lifestyle. You know, every day that we can honour God. Every day that we say, God, you are my saviour. You are my master. You are my miracle worker. You are the son of God. You are the one. You are the way, the truth, and the life. You know, I honour you. I worship you like this blind man. Is it possible that people can come to know the Lord Jesus? Yes. In my family, 
You know, I have a big family. Uh, ten siblings all together. Five guys, five girls. Those were the days, you know. Parents, you know, are very happy to have big family. And some of you probably have more than me, you know. 14, 15, 21. <laughs> 21? God bless you. <laughs> you know, parents, you know, and... Uh, you know, it's very, uh, it's very interesting. In, in the salvation of my family members, uh, my sister was the first Christian. And this sister, my grand, according to my parents, my, my grandfather gave her the name Mary. She doesn't have a Chinese name. I do not know why. And until today, you know, oh, everybody, there's Chinese name except her. She's not the eldest, neither is she the youngest, but just smack in between, and my grandfather gave her the name Mary. Do you know what? She was a first Christian. First Christian. And from there, uh, my brothers and sisters accepted the Lord. I accepted the Lord. And then later, my parents came to know the Lord. You know, and, uh, but there is one more. And we always believe that, Lord, according to your word, that uh, me and my household will be saved. You know, according to your word, uh, the entire family will be saved. So we as brothers and sisters, we always pray, we believe that God, you are going to save all our family members. You know, everybody, you know, years after year. And uh, one of them is my elder sister. You are not saved yet. You know, for many years and more than 30 years, you know what? In 2019, after the passing of my brother-in-law, uh, that my elder sister accepted the Lord and he went through water baptism, you know, and, and that was before COVID. And all of us, you know, we rejoice, we thank God that she made that decision and, and following. And today she is attending church, you know, and God has done tremendous things uh, through her life. Ever since she has accepted the Lord, ever since she was baptized, uh, uh, through water, you know, I don't have time And uh, there are many great testimonies Healing, uh, miracles happening through her life You know, amazing in terms of the goodness of God You know, friends, maybe some of you here today You are thinking that, well, I do not know whether my, my dad will be saved I do not know whether my, my siblings will be saved I do not know whether my parents will be saved You have been praying for years Probably like the parents of this man born blind. God, have mercy on my son. He is blind. Yet the Lord Jesus heard. And this blind man miraculously healed. And friends, by faith, may I assure you, I believe with all my heart today. And I pray that you will continue to trust and believe in God as far as the salvation of your family members. And I trust and pray that God is going to use you in terms of touching lives for His glory. And I pray that Subang Assembly will be the church that God is going to raise up this year. That there are many more people through this church who is going to have a close encounter with the Lord Jesus. Some will say, I got healed. Some of God say, Yeah, I got touched by the Lord. I got encouraged, you know, because of the members of Subang Assembly. Somebody say, Amen. You know, I'm very excited because, because of members of Subang Assembly that I know the Lord Jesus. Can you see the excitement? Can you see the transformation? You know, friends, 
it is possible. It is possible. And I pray that you will dare to believe this year, God is going to do something spectacular through your life. God is going to do something beyond your imagination, even through Subang Assembly. Somebody say amen. Amen.